Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of No Limits with Gary and Mac here on StateHornet.com. I am podcast staffer Mac Irvin III, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Gary Singh. Gary, how you doing today? What's up? What's happening? What's good with Mac Irvin III? <sighs> well, football died, and then it came back, and... Uh, yeah, I'm going through the I'm going through some emotions over there with the European soccer world, but we'll save that for later on in the show. Uh, right now, I think we got a guest to introduce, so so please welcome in the managing editor of the Collegian, Mr. Jesus Cano. How you doing today? What's up, guys? Thank you so much for having me today. Really excited to be on here with you guys, and shout out to shout out to Robbie for making this happen. Robbie Pierce, uh, really excited for this, guys. Exactly, exactly. Shout out to Robbie. Robbie's gonna be hearing this. Be gonna be happy to hear that smiling on that one. So yeah, I've been juicy. He's probably grinning <laughs> as he as he's hearing this right now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But I just wanted to say to you know it's funny that you know how this world works. I literally talked to Hasty for ten minutes already, and I feel like I already know you, bro. So you know, glad to hear you to be on here. I think it's about to be a fun conversation, especially with a Raider fan in the building. So let's see. Yeah, let's see how it goes, man. I've suffered enough pain, so I think I can get through it. <laughs> go ahead, Mac. All right, well, Jesus is going to act as our draft expert for this first part of the show. So let's dive into it right now, man. We're a week away from, we're under a week away from the NFL draft. And I think it's safe to say at this point, we know what the first two picks are going to be, but then there's a lot of interesting stuff coming up after that. So first of all, Jesus, tell me what you think the Niners are going to do, because we've been throwing back and forth on this for a while now. Man, I think the Niners are going to end up getting Mac Jones with the way things are being said right now, and I don't think that's the ideal way to go. Um, I don't think, you know, uh, you know, I'm not, I didn't play football or anything, man, but like the way, you know, Mac Jones play style, I don't think it could translate into the NFL. Um, I think really he is a very big beneficiary of, you know, having a really good offensive line for us, as Alabama does always every year. But the thing with Mac Jones, too, man, is he has receivers open all day. Like, when he's making these throws, these receivers are open by a couple of feet, couple of yards and stuff like that. And it's going to be really hard to see him transition over into the NFL when you have that tight window where you have that point oh 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 one second to make that throw. And I don't know if we'll be able to adjust it that way. So that's really why I don't think Mac Jones should even be selected, you know, within the top five picks. I think that there's other options out there. If I was the 49ers and, you know, you want to look for a quarterback – I think it would have to be Justin Fields. But with the way it's looking, you know, I can say one thing, but the way the Niners are thinking, I'm really thinking that they're going to take Mac Jones. And it's funny. I know a lot of Niners fans that don't want that to happen. My roommate's a Niners fan, and I always tell him, bro, be ready to cop that Mac Jones jersey because I really think it's going to happen. We on the same wavelength, my man. Literally, I've been preaching the same thing. Like I was reading uh, Peter Schrager's article the other day, and you know he's been pretty on point with his uh, draft mocks and stuff like that over the years. I've been noticing. So literally, he got the Mac Jones, and his ears been telling him the same thing that Mac Jones is gonna go number three. And man, oh man, I got the, you know we live in Sacramento, so we have a lot of Niner fans as well. So I've been saying the same thing. Man. I've been preaching Justin Fields' name. I think he's gonna be the one that everyone's gonna be sleeping on. And what his right now pick? He say got them going to the Carolina Panthers and I'm like really eight I don't know about that I don't know what he's hearing to get that right there so that kind of threw me off on that one but I think Justin Fields is like you said is going to be the man and 
I think there's even more better quarterbacks than even Mac Jones. Like you said, Alabama is a type of team that's, you know, already been stacked and he hasn't really had a chance to come back or anything like that in terms of gameplay. He's always ahead, like you mentioned as well. So, like, I feel like there's so many other people they can even get instead of him. So, I just, even Trey Lance, I would even maybe even take in front of Mac Jones, maybe a chance. You know, there's some other guys too on this list that I would even attempt to get over Mac Jones. But hey, Shanahan sees something in him. So, it's kind of like you got to tip your hat to him because he does do great with. Jimmy Garoppolo on the team they have now so it's gonna be interesting but I feel you on the same type of stuff and it's funny you mentioned Trey Lance I mean this is somebody that you know obviously FCS powerhouse over at North Dakota State and unfortunately he didn't get to play that spring season I think if he plays that spring season he'll ball out he would have balled out he would have maybe driven his draft stock just a little bit up and maybe he would have been in that conversation where you know we'd be mentioning him a lot more than he is right now, you know? So that kind of sucks about Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is kind of the sleeper quarterback in this draft. I mean, I know he's high up there, but people aren't putting him up in the same conversation as Lawrence. Well, to be fair, no one can really put, you know, any Lawrence in the same conversation with anybody with the generational talent he is. But no one's talking, you know, is are the Jets going to take him? Or are the Niners going to take him? Are the Falcons going to take him? No one's mentioning that. He's kind of going a little bit under the radar too. Man, I'm, I'm still going to be a denier here because – as a Seattle Seahawks fan, I know one thing, and that's never to count out the San Francisco 49ers. And I just I just refuse to believe they gave up all of this stock to take Mac Jones. I just don't feel like that's what it is. But it, it he, he wasn't really a first-round quarterback for me <laughs> up until this move was made. Like, I was surprised to see him skyrocket that high up the board. So I'm going to... I'm going to be the denier here and I'm going to say they take I'm going to say they take Trey Lance at North Dakota State and I mean we saw him play at North Dakota State and he looked good and I think he'll fit a lot better in that system than Mac Jones would be and I think Mac Jones is going to slide to another team inside the top 10 here. I also don't know if this was like the appropriate draft for them to move up. Like I get it. You guys want to maybe move on from Jimmy G, but I mean, this quarterback class isn't as impressive to me as last year's or like in the past couple of years. So that's, that's a little bit iffy by the Niners to do too. Yeah. I think they, like you said, like they can't go back in time. So I think they have to go do this now. And they know they don't want to waste another year with Jimmy G when, you know, like this had a great team this past year, Super Bowl contending team that basically got derailed with injuries, especially their quarterback. So, I get what you mean there. I got a quick question for you, Jesus. What is your opinion, real quick, on Zach Wilson? Do you do you, you're up on him or you know you're down on him right now? You know, I'm always a huge fan of the mid-major schools. I know BYU is independent, but I would still pull him in that mid-major category. I would actually put him at a powerhouse mid-major category. I like the way he moves. I mean, if you guys saw his pro day, man, the way that he's able to move out the pocket and the way he's able to throw too. I mean, he's do, he's gonna do really good. I'm really excited for him. Um, it seems like the, the Jets are going to be the lock on him. At least that's what everybody's going to say. But I think he's a pick where you can't go wrong. And I think that if he's also available for the Niners to pick too, I think that's the person that they should take. All right. Well, so, we, so we're kind of all in agreement on what the top three are going to be. We know it's going to be Lawrence, Wilson, and at least one of those three quarterbacks going in the top three. What happens after that, though? Where's where's Atlanta gonna go? Are they gonna go quarterback and shock the world? I want to point something out real quick. I don't think the Jets should have traded Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. All right, he's just been, you know, 
he's the product of being on a bad team. And, you know, you have these guys that do amazing straight out of college, but they're put into these situations and these systems where, you know, they come from these really historic good teams, and now you're put in a bad team that has no offensive line, that has no really weapons available at your arsenal. I think, And I think uh, Sam Darnold really suffered that. Personally, if I was the Jets, I had that number two pick. I would have gone with Penny Sewell, the offensive lineman from Oregon. I think next to Trevor Lawrence, I think even Penny Sewell, I think he's a generational old lineman. I think he really is. He's somebody that could, you know, do both. But I think he specializes with the with the run block. But that's somebody that I think is really high on. Um, and I know you mentioned that the Falcons at number four. I mean, they could go with a quarterback, too. It could be a possibility. Matt Ryan's getting up there in age and stuff like that. I mean, if one of the other quarterbacks are available, again, I mean, if it's top three, you know, Kyle Trask could be there. Um, Trey Lance could be an option too. I think if I was the if I was the Falcons, I could take Trey Lance or I could take somebody like Kyle Pitts too. Yeah, hey, Sue, to be honest with you, I said that too a couple weeks ago. I think Darnold was in a bad situation, looking horrible. But I disagree on the what you said about I think they should not trade him. I think they should have traded him just because the two facts. Like you said, that team was bad. And, you know, I think for Sam's sake, he's good for him that he got a fresh start. You can see by the Carolina videos of how happy he looked like he was. And I think for the Jets' sake, you know, they're going to – it's not like Zach Wilson. You know, if they do pick him, he's going to come into that bad situation. He's going to come into a good situation with the extra picks that got for Sam Darnold. So I think he's coming into a better situation than Sam Darnold did. So I think he might have a chance, you know. I think it was kind of win-win, in my opinion, on both sides right there. Yeah, because I think they got a second-round pick or something like that for this year's mm -hmm. draft. I forget what it was. So yep. it's not like they gave necessarily too, too much. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mac? Uh, I think he really, I think he needed the change of scenery, so I agree with the fact that they traded him. I understand that he got Adam Gase, and, uh, you know, I've been extremely critical of Adam Gase on this podcast and everywhere, but I do think a change of scenery was needed. I'm still not certain that Carolina was the best fit for him, but I think he really needed to move cities. I was going to say, too, you know, you mentioned Atlanta real quick, too. I think they're going to take Kyle Pitts. I think, like, he's going to go with the first tight end to go top five. And, like, think about, like, a long time. I think it was, like, 15 years or something like that. And the last time a tight end went top five. I think they should. I know you were mentioning, but I still think Matt Ryan got some stuff left. You know, I think they don't need to get a quarterback just yet. Uh, you know, he's been doing pretty good. You know, sometimes he does have garbage numbers, I'm not going to lie, and garbage time. But I still think, you know, Matt Ryan, if you give him, give him, some, give him some stuff, I think he still could make some things work. Yeah, and I think Pitts would be probably the highest selected tight end since maybe Vernon Davis. Mm -hmm, I think so. That's I think that might be it. Yeah, and I, I can kind of see a little similar to it. And the good thing about Kyle Pitts, too, is you can move him around. Like, you can put him at tight end if you want, but you can also put him at receiver. I mean, that's how Burzel he is, and that's how high people are on the way he plays. Last question I got for you guys real quick, Matt. You can answer this one, and then we can go into rotation. Who is the best wide receiver you guys think in this is so far? Is it Jamar Chase? Is it Jalen Waddle from Alabama? Like I said, Jamar Chase from LSU? Or is it the man who everyone's calling Skinny Bone Jones but looking super fast out there, Devontae Smith from Alabama? <sighs> it's so hmm. hard to pick. I think they're all pretty good. Um, I'm going to say give me Devontae Smith. Give me the Alabama wide receiver. And that's going to be the stock pick, I know. But <laughs> I think he could do work in the NFL. I think all of them are going to do work. But if you had to ask me to pick one, I'm going to pick Devontae Smith. What about you, Jesus? Who do you, who do you like right now? Those guys are projected top uh, 15 right now. 
Listen, it's so hard to say, man. Like, I'm a I'm a fan of Devontae Smith. I think that he's going to do well in the NFL. I think that you could put him at slot with his size, and he'd be a good receiver there. But I think I have to go with Jamar Chase, man. I think his numbers didn't stand out as much because LSU was kind of on a downfall last year, and even then, that the year before, he didn't stand out. I mean, they had Justin, he had the share of the field with Justin Jefferson and a couple other people. So I'm gonna have to go with Jamar Chase on this one. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of with you guys. This is a hard pick, and it's kind of crazy that two, you know, Jalen Waddle and Smith are both, you know, Alabama wide receivers, right? They're going to go top 10. And then, you know, I do like Jamar Chase. I feel like if he gets to play with, you know, I heard that, you know, the Bengals are, you know, you got maybe good go back to his old teammate, Joe Burrow, and they're both knocking on the door together. I don't know. Like you said, Panay kind of projected to go there. But yeah. I kind of, in opinion, I think people are sleeping on uh, Devontae Smith. I think that, you know, he'd like the rap on him is, you know, kind of skinny too small but man you see Tyreek Hill you see this is a different game nowadays you know these guys are more smarter and they know how to get take a night take those big hits so I think he's going to be a guy who could really you know you can run him under the seam under the routes and even he could take the top off too with his quickness so I think he's going to be a great and I like like you guys said those other two guys are really good so I just want to see you know where you guys were thinking on those guys right there yeah, it seems like the receiving class every year is also also pretty good. I mean, last year with, you know, uh, Ruggs, Judy, I forget. I mean, Ayuk in the later rounds, too, for, you know, I think I think they're looking pretty – the receivers are always looking good every year. Always a gem in the later rounds, always. Always. See the but guy now, I got on my wall? I was just thinking about him. I was just thinking about him right now when you said that. But I like how you brought up the Bengals. That's something I also want to discuss with you guys real quick. I mean, the Bengals are, are you know, I think they're kind of on, on their way up, you know, with Joe Burrow. They have a promising future. But if you guys are the Bengals, I mean, you have plenty of options to go with. I mean, you could go with the receiver. You could go with the offensive line. Which would you guys do? Go ahead, Mac. This is, this is a non-starter for me. Um, if you saw what happened to Joe Burrow last year, and you do not take an offensive lineman here, then you have no ambition to win. So they better take an offensive lineman here. <laughs> I think obviously, obviously Sewell is the top pick, but even if he goes, they should still go line because they need to protect Burrow. They can't keep taking the hits he was. Yeah, Jesus, I was on the kind of same way length right there as Mac. You got to protect him. But, man, like, I heard today that he really, you know, he's really trying to get his guy, Jamar Chase, from LSU, his teammate. So, like, if he's preaching that, give the man what he wants. But, hey, Jesus, you said earlier, you're an Andrew Luck guy, right? What happened to Andrew Luck? Beat up to death, basically, and had to retire. You know, I don't want to wish that on Joe Burrow. His accident was kind of freaky, so I don't know if it's the type of thing that's always going to happen. But, hey, you know in this league, if you don't got a defense offensive line, Either way, protecting the quarterback and trying to get a quarterback and tackle a quarterback either way on both sides, you're not going to have that much success in this league. So I think, you know, like you said, Panay is going to maybe can be a real tough guy. What you think, Jesus? Man, it's really tough to say, you know, with Ellis, I mean, with the LSU connection, if you have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, I mean, the, the, the chemistry goes up by a lot. You know, normally I would go with Sewell right away, like no-brainer, and I'm still going to go with Sewell. I think that he's a generational offensive line talent, you know, and I think that really you need somebody that's going to need to protect Joe Burrow. And like to your mention, the offensive line, the defensive line, in my opinion, are some of the most underrated positions, but those are the positions where you win championships, you know. Just look at the Chiefs. Look how good they were. Both of their good offense. no, I mean, a couple of their offensive linemen, I think Mitchell Schwartz or or Fisher was one of the players that went out in the Super Bowl and they went down. And if you saw, they also reloaded for their offensive line this year by uh, 
getting Orlando Brown. So they're they're serious. They're about their money, bro. And, you know, I think at, at the offensive line position, I think they have to take Sewell. Uh, the Bengals have to take Sewell. All right. Two quick things before we move off of this topic. Do you see any other quarterbacks going inside the top 15 and where? It's going to be hard to pick. I don't think so. I think the next quarterback to go might be Kyle Trask. I think at Florida he did a decent amount, uh, but I don't think that past the 12 or 15 slot, people really don't need quarterbacks. I think that they're good there. Um, For me, uh, especially for me, because this, you know, the running back position is somewhere that I've been looking at a little bit, and I know I kind of threw this out of left field a little bit too. The reason I say that is because I, I also want to get your guys' take on the running backs, right? Who would you guys take first, Travis Etienne or Najee Harris? Ooh, you just really you just sparked my conversation because I want Najee Harris on my Pittsburgh Steelers, and I want to draft him first round. And I don't care if running backs don't go first round. We need a new. We got no running back. We need someone like that. So I want Najee Harris on my team of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've already been praying for that, you guys. So that's what I gotta say right there about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like my running backs with a little more. With a little more strength on him, so I think I'm gonna have to go Najee Harris as well. Reason I brought this up is I covered Najee Harris in high school. Oh, like literally, I was watching him. He was a grown man amongst kids, throwing them around, man. And I think Najee Harris should be the first running back picked in the draft. Now, is he gonna go in the first? Is he gonna go in the second? You know, that's your team to decide. He should be the first running back picked. And like I said, I'd like to see him on the Steelers, too. I think that that offense fits well, and I think you guys just have the really good need for a running back. I think the one thing that uh, the Steelers will benefit about having Najee is that he he has really good route running skills, and he has really good hands. And I think that's super important to be able to play, you know, especially now we're playing, you know, football where a lot of people do the two running back systems now. Um, and I think having somebody like that, even if you aren't going to run the ball with him, but if you're going to throw a wheel route to him on the outside, I think he's somebody really important to take. So I just wanted to get your guys' pick on that. I know a lot of people are high on Travis Etienne just because I know he didn't have as strong as an offensive line as Najee did. And Najee's numbers were kind of up because they were also like killing opponents and stuff like that. But I think Najee should be the first running back taken in the, in, in the draft. Hey, Sue's got me excited, Mac. Let's go. Come on. He just pumped me up on him. Let's go, Najee. Let's get you in some yellow and black. All right. Well, Gary, you being the Steelers fan, hey, Sue's being the Raiders fan, you guys enjoy the first round. I think I'll take the night off because we ain't got no first round picks up here in Seattle. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay. We might as well ask you, hey, Sue's, one more question. Last question for you, hey, Sue's only. Who do you want your Raiders to take? It's tough. It for sure has to be on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I I forget what where where what's it called the uh, what My, pick we have what 17? pick do the Raiders have? you guys are picking seventeen yeah projected See, guy, right I, now Micah Parsons is projected bro Micah Parsons would be fantastic he killed it at Penn State I'd like to see uh Patrick Sertain out of Alabama too but I think he's mm. gonna go much earlier I think mm. he's a good defensive back um. But Micah Parsons, man, has also been somebody that's been kind of impressing me, too. It's hard for me to say I want certain, but I'll take Parsons, too. I don't think you can go wrong with any of those players. I just hope the Raiders pick somebody with skill and don't base it off of speed. That's all I'm hoping, because that <laughs> hasn't gone well in the past, you know? 
Exactly. Well, I know you, when you said one thing, right, you guys need defense. Cause I, I still just remember that play just sparked in my head, that Dolphins play by Fitzmagic. <laughs> I know, ridiculous, man. I was watching that game. It was incredible. And it's crazy. That play was super good, but it wasn't talked about as much, man. If somebody like Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers did that stuff, we would still be seeing it right now because it was because it was Fitzpatrick and it was the Dolphins that didn't get too much attention. But that play, one of the better plays in football, in my opinion. I mean, to throw that ball that way with your head tilted back, almost about to snap off and make that kind of that set up that game winning or like game time whatever drive they went yeah. to was pretty impressive exactly all right well we'll see how the draft pans out this thursday hey Seuss, thanks for joining us to talking about football man thank you guys so much and if you guys ever want me here again i'd appreciate it. you guys got my my feed and my twitter feed and all that stuff so just hit me up and i'll be more than happy to join yes sir appreciate you coming in your time thank you man sounds good all right, and now we're going to move on to our rant of the week segment. And boy, do I got a lot to say right now. Now, you guys will remember I talked about Manchester United last week. And um, they only went and embarrassed themselves on a worldwide stage along with 11 of the richest and most valuable other clubs in the world. It was Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Tottenham, Inter Milan, Juventus, AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Madrid, they decided to form their own midweek competition called the Super League, or the European Super League, as was trending on Twitter. Now, the problem with this league is that they were trying to replace the UEFA Champions League, which, for non-soccer fans, I'll explain it like this. Imagine if you're a college basketball team and you have your regular season happening, but there's an NCAA tournament happening alongside your regular season. That's essentially what the Champions League is. And what they wanted to do was form a breakaway league called the Super League where those 12 teams that I named would each get guaranteed spots no matter how bad their performance was the season before and that there would only be five spots open to other teams around Europe. Now the problem with that is they wanted to shut everybody out because they were tired of losing money to the smaller teams in the world. The Leicester Cities, the Ajaxes, the Basels, you know, all the small teams that can make magic. Imagine if the top college basketball teams like Duke, Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Kansas went, you know what, we're tired of getting knocked out of the tournament by a 15 or 16 seed. So instead... We're going to start our own tournament where only we qualify and we can't get knocked out by those teams and we're the only ones that make money off of it. And the greedy owners decided this was the way to go and they tried to kill the beautiful game of football or soccer as it's known here in America. But that's the problem is that three, at least three of these clubs are owned by Americans, Manchester United, Liverpool, and Arsenal. And they thought they could bring the American way of sports into European soccer. And it doesn't work like that. European soccer is set up in a way that any team can be any powerhouse on any given day of the week, on any given day of the year. For those of you who follow the Premier League, you'll remember when Leicester City won the league in 2016. They were 5,001 odds to win the league. They were considered a team that was going to be fighting relegation and they won the and they won the Premier League title. They got to hear the Champions League anthem play out at the King Power Stadium. That's the 
beauty of football. Any team can rise up from Sunday league, from just playing with a bunch of friends to winning titles and playing among Europe's best teams. And the Super League tried to deny teams that. Well, fortunately, the fans, the leagues, UEFA, FIFA, the English Association, and a bunch of other associations around the world. Fortunately, everybody came together against this outrageous effort, and the Super League crumbled just two days after it was announced. And all it's done is leave a black mark on the football world, and it really pisses me off that they thought they could try to shut out everybody else and keep the money all to themselves. And to the Glazers, who own Manchester United, to Stan Kroenke, who owns Arsenal, and to Fenway Sports Groups, who own Liverpool, Get the hell out of European soccer because you don't know what you're doing. This is not meant to be a profit-driven business. It's about the love of the sport and the love of football, which is something clearly they don't understand. And that's all I've got to say. Ooh-wee, nice rant by Mac Irvin third. All right, now we're going to switch lanes to my rant. And you know what? I love how you explained that. You explained that so perfectly. You explained that to me earlier this week, and you explained it even better just now to my novice self in the in the soccer world. So I like how you got off my rants. You know, it's not going to be really a rant. It's a rant, but in terms of it's going to be more or less anger as uh, Mac was feeling. Mine's going to be about the UFC. We got a big fight coming up this weekend, and I want to talk about it so bad. And, and before I get into that, Jake Paul versus, I already forgot his name now already. Uh, ben Askren. Ben Askren, I already forgot his name because he got his ass knocked out in about 10, 15 seconds. Like I told you, probably Mac, he was fighting. All I want to say about that is, no, Jake Paul, keep the hype train going. But can you please fight a real boxer now? We got it. You're solid at boxing. It's time for a real boxer. But now let's head into what I want to talk about for UFC. George Masvidal versus Kamar Usman for the welterweight championship right now. Both guys, right now, Kamar Usman's at a historic, historic pace right now, starting off one of the best careers in UFC history at the welterweight since George St. Pierre started his record of 12 in a 12 fight win streak, and he's on a 13 game win streak and a 13 and 0 in the UFC so far. 18 and 1 his whole career as a pro uh, pro fighter, and George Masvidal, the OG in the game. One of the oldest guys in the game, been doing this for a long time. The people's champ, as they call him, 35 and 14. Yes, he has a lot of losses, but he is the man of the hour because this is their second fight against each other, and it's going to be the one for the books, Mac. I'm telling you right now, this is the one to watch. The first one was a 10-day notice for both guys, no, eight to nine. I think it was eight days notice for both guys to take the fight, fly across the world to a whole other country and fight in a place they never fought, didn't have no time, no training camp to fight. And, you know, Masvidal lost that one, but he actually lasted the whole time and was looking dog-tired out there versus Usman, who had a easy win but this is about to be the next big 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 championship right here and i can't wait to see this because they got uh you know george uh jorge masvidal himself has the what we call the bmf belt the rock gave him that championship after he beat our very own nate diaz from stockton california and it's about to be one where usman is trying to say that he wants his belt after that and the fans are not liking it this is about to be the first event i think in the u.s that gets to have full capacity since the pandemic started they're about to be on and rocking i've been watching all the press conferences and yes i sound hyped because they got me hyped up the way they've been talking 
fucking smack. And Usman, you know, and most of these channels, let's go to more now. Let's, you know, but I was going to say first before, they got the fans in this, so they got everyone pumped up. Those press conferences have been lit every which way. They've been talking smack every which way. But let's talk about the actual champion, the actual match itself. Grappler technician wrestler, which is Jorge, uh, which is Usman, who is right now in his prime, versus a guy you know who's a more stand-up power puncher and Jorge Masvidal. And in most of these situations, I'm not gonna lie, Mac, the the grappler, the guy who fights on the ground, usually wins every single time because in the UFC, it's not like boxing. You, if you take a guy down, he doesn't know how to counter that, and he all he doesn't know how to do is punch, as we've seen from McGregor a lot of times you're most likely just done for. So in my mind, I do got Usman winning because he's in his prime. But, ooh-wee, Mac, I want George. I want Jorge Masvidal to win so bad. I want to see a trilogy. I want to see him go toe-to-toe. He's been making fun of him all week. Says the first fight, you were just trying to tickle me on my feet the whole time. I'm not going to let you tickle me no more this fight. It was just so funny. And I can't wait to see these guys go at it. One guy's in his prime. One guy's leaving his prime. And, man, it's about to be an epic fight. And it's about to be the man of the people versus the people's champ. So everyone tune into that fight. Can't wait to see. And that's my rant of the week. Man, all I know is that fight better be more than what that Jake Paul fight was. (laughs) That was an embarrassment, man. I can't believe that I actually watched that fight. All right, and on that note, I think we're going to call that a week here on No Limits. Hey, be sure to go check out all the other podcasts and stories on StateHorned.com, and we'll see you back here next week for the next episode of No Limits. Peace.